Welcome to the 5G Decretory Podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Talk now about the Open Run. And uh, Open Run has been one of the most hottest 5G topics in 2021. We read weekly announcements across regions of major new deals, deployments, and even new acquisitions. We will separate myth from reality and explore the benefits, but also disruption potential of Open Run, and if and how this technology brings real value uh, for 5G. So these are the points we are going through today. We are starting to talk about who is in the panel. We will have two moderators for this panel. So please welcome the head of the ITU office for Europe, Jaroslav Ponder, and the digital ecosystem expert at ITU office for Europe, Valentina Stadnik. Jaroslav, welcome. And Valentina. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you who are following us today at uh, this special session on the Open Run at the 5G Tech Territory. A special welcome to our panelists, uh, whom we will hear um, from shortly. My name is Jaroslav Ponder, and as a head of the ITO Office for Europe, it's my great pleasure uh, to be uh, co-moderating uh, the session on the Open Run. It's, it's reality happening. Uh, with my colleague, uh, Ms. Valentina Stadny, um, digital innovation ecosystem experts. In line with the overarching topic of the 2021 5G Tech Territory, the real value of the 5G, uh, this session will particularly touch upon the recent debates on the open run, uh, which is expected to facilitate the, the development and deployment of the 5G. Open Run has been one of the very hot topics indeed in 2021. Uh, hardly a week goes by without new announcements on major new deals, deployments and even acquisitions, uh, despite global interest uh, and potential uh, roles of the Open Run, such as uh, fostering new software and hardware vendors and improving supplier diversity and interoperability, there are still some uncertainties and risks in developing Open Run architecture, especially at this year's early stage. Today's session, therefore, will try to separate myth from reality and explore the benefits, but also uh, the disruptive potential um, of Open Run. Mostly importantly, this session will explore if and how uh, the technology brings real value to 5G. It's my great pleasure to open this session um, and uh, with uh, many renewed um, speakers, I'm warmly welcome five distinguished panelists uh, that will share with us their um, perspectives on the current debate on the open run development and deployment. And among them, I have a great pleasure to welcome Rabi Daboshi, Chief Sales Officer of Rakuten Symphony, Mr. John Baker, Senior Vice President of Business Development of Mavenir, Mr. Alexander Pabs, Vice President, Market Segment Wireless Communications of Roder Schwartz, 
Mr. Sami Raimaki, Vice President of Network Services at ELISA, as well as Mr. Franz Seiser, Vice President of Core Network and PASS, and lead for the access disintegration at Deutsche Telekom. Many thanks again, uh, all of you, uh, for joining uh, us today to share your knowledge and expertise on the status, recent development and future of the Open RAN discussion. And uh, without further ado, it's my great pleasure uh, to hand over for the very brief introduction uh, to each of you uh, to make two minutes introductory statements. And let's start with Mr. Uh, Rabi uh, Debussy. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Great to be with Tecretory again. It was a great event last year. I'm looking forward to the questions today. So let me start by just setting the scene um, and explaining the journey that we've taken in Japan and where we are globally, just to kind of bring things in context. Um, in 2018, we secured the 4G, 5G licenses in Japan and made a very courageous and conscious decision not to deploy our network based on legacy infrastructure and legacy RAN specifically. So we went uh, through a very uh, arduous and uh, challenging journey. Uh, in 2018, the standards were not as ready as they are today, I would, uh, I would argue and, and say that uh, most operators are in a privileged uh, position today versus 2018. However, we made the conscious decision um, based on numerous aspects, really. Um, the most two important aspects is if we're building a network that has the same cost structure as our competitors in the country, and as you know, Japan is um, uh, super-saturated uh, mobile, mobile market with three incumbents that have been there for multiple decades. So entering that market with the same cost structure just doesn't make business sense. You have to find an alternative in order for you to build a network that is cheaper your competitor in order for you to offer services at a lower rate than your competitors. That was one of the first principles. The second principle is, uh, given that the background and history of Rakuten, the DNA of Rakuten comes from digital services first and digital transformation of businesses, we made a very conscious decision to challenge the status quo and define a network architecture principle based on um, as much as possible leveraging open technologies. Um, for example, we've made a very conscious decision to build a unified cloud that supports all of our network function and operational technologies in one private cloud environment. Um, that was a key principle number one. Second, leveraging open RAN technologies as a disaggregation tool in order for us to differentiate and not be able, not uh, have to be locked into the highly costly uh, RAN infrastructure from the legacy vendors. And um, since then, we've gone through the journey, launched 4G, 5G in 2020. And uh, in 2021, we've secured uh, very significant and visible deals around the world. And we're now in the journey of offering our um, the technology blueprint and te technology architecture product and services to customers outside Japan. Great. Thank you very much for this introduction. And now let's move to John Baker uh, from uh, Mavenir. Thanks so much, and a pleasure to be with you today. Um, I'm John Baker. I'm the business development uh, lead for Mavenir on the 5G side. Um, I also sit on the board of the Open Round Policy Coalition and 5G Americas. So uh, you've been very active in the promotion of Open Round on a global basis. Now, Mavenir's history really started uh, almost 15 years ago with 
moving software from hardware uh, platforms to uh, open platforms. So, you know, Mavenir has 15 years worth of experience of, uh, you know, in, in terms of moving towards virtualization and containerization. You know, we're a leader in the IMS space. Um, you know, we have over 39% global market share of uh, IMS platforms. And, uh, you know, these are deployed on a global basis um, in virtualized and containerized form. And, and some of these platforms, you know, covering low number of subscribers to, um, you know, 150 million subscribers in, in, in certain networks in the U.S. So a lot of experience in handling, uh, you know, virtualization, open platform technology, um, and working with open specifications in the marketplace. Um, you know, if you look at where the journey started, uh, you know, four years ago, really, with uh, concentration on opening the interface between the radio units and the baseband units on the RAN. Um, the industry has made significant progress and, you know, Mavenir has been a significant contributor to some of to, to the specifications and ensuring interoperability in the industry amongst many of the radio suppliers and hardware suppliers. So, um, you know, as of today, you know, we've probably worked with uh, 11 plus radio suppliers and multiple um, compute platform suppliers. So, um, you know, we've seen this uh, uh, open RAN ecosystem develop from, well, it's impossible to do this to, you know, over 65 companies now being present in the open RAN policy coalition, uh, looking to take advantage of the open RAN opportunities going forward. Thank you very much for this introduction. And now let us move to our next distinguished speaker, Alexander Paps, representing the Rode Schwarz. Yes, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Um, I've been enjoying the, the last two days already quite a bit. Lots of good discussions. Um, for Rode Schwarz, uh, we are since uh, 30 years uh, in the industry of building uh, or of helping our customers to, to make uh, digital networks uh, reality since basically the beginning of uh, GSM and we have been able to gather a lot of experience on the, the certification side. Now if we look at Open RAN, this is for me um, even not just a 5G topic, this extends very much into 6G because it's very much tied to the virtualization of the network, to the containerization, uh, to having microservices on commercial hardware. So there's a dramatic change currently going on. What is uh, with the target to have uh, new interfaces in the network that enable flexibility and innovation um, that brings us into actually different dimensions uh, to have diversity of the vendors and the physical components, like having a separated radio unit that's no longer part of a monolithic uh, G node B, but also to have uh, individual software components spread out uh, across the um, server infrastructure. And finally, having uh, such elements like a RAN intelligent controller that also allows to um, a virtual network operators and um, uh, organizations like municipalities to offer their own services uh, dedicated uh, to their users. Um, what is quite uh, nice, and this brings me back to 5G, is that the whole idea of Open RAN is so much 5G, where the technology shall follow the application and where only those components shall be selected that are best for purpose. 
However, if we now disaggregate the complete network, the challenge is obviously, uh, you know that, uh, bring it all back together and get it working. Everybody of you probably disassembled the radio at some point of time and tried to put it back together. So, um, and this is obviously more challenging if you're trying to exchange pieces and replace them by other ones. So the big challenge is really to get um, the interoperability established of an open run system with uh, companies like Rakuten. You have a greenfield installation. Um, that's probably the reason why. Uh, if you have a legacy network and you need to integrate with that, that's even a bigger challenge. Um, with our background, we know what it takes to make a certification happen, uh, what regimes need to be in place. And we're looking very much forward to bring in our expertise here also on the open run side. Excellent. Thank you very much uh, for these insights. And now let's move to Mr. Sami Rajamaki uh, from uh, Elisa. Hello. Great to be here with you. Uh, maybe I should start from the background and, and tell what, what we have been doing. So, so starting from 5G, Elisa started 5G deployment already in, in 19, 2019, and currently we, we cover some 70% of the, the population. Uh, with mainly, we have used C-band frequencies and, and, and the, the kind of uh, coverage of the network is, is growing growing fast. Uh, and also the, the market has been quite quite interesting for us. Uh, we have this uh, unlimited business uh, data model which which kind of helps us to, to, to um, um, attract the customers customers and, and uh, pay, uh, subscription pay, uh, prices are based on the speed tiers, not, not any buckets and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, the, the key corner stores from, uh, of our 5G deployment were, were kind of having the best coverage in the network, providing the best quality, best performance in the network, and, and by, by using best, best technology. As we are brownfield operator, uh, from the, the open run perspective, of course, we started the, the uh, 5G deployment by using the kind of traditional vendors. vendors and and um, uh, um, nevertheless, we, we we simultaneously uh, started kind of a transformation program, which heavily uh, heavily targets to to have a, a fully cloud-based uh, infrastructure in the future. Uh, it, it also uh, uh, includes elements of the heavy heavy automation and analytics. We have been deploying network automation for for ten years already now. Now and, and, and the operations pretty much automated. Uh, uh, one of the key key cornerstones of this story is, of course, open running. We are we are now studying that carefully and doing different kind of uh, tests. The, the the fourth cornerstone stone of the of the strategy is, is to be able to provide gigabit access to to, to our our customers customers um, uh, uh, technology independently. So, so we, we kind of plan the network in the way that, that we, we do not have any limits, whether it's fixed access connection or mobile connection. And, um, uh, and, and the last part is that, of course, as we are brownfield, we, we have to get rid of the, the kind of legacy technology in order to be agile and in order to be able to kind of adapt new technologies. And, and that's the fourth cornerstone of the, 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 the initiative that we started together with this um, uh, 5G, 5G rollout. Great, thank you very much. And um, last not least, uh, Mr. Franz Seiser uh, from the Deutsche Telekom. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, of course, to be part of that panel. So a little bit on us. I don't think I need to introduce Deutsche Telekom. 
uh, being one of the major players and being one of the founding members of Oran Alliance. Um, so we, we are pushing that topic of open run for many years already. Now I'm part of a group function called Technology Architecture and Innovation and, and I'm on a mission, how we call it, to make Oran a competitive deployable solution for our operations across the different countries. And competitive, obviously, uh, against uh, the currently deployed SRAN solution. And that means um, uh, I am operationalizing and I'm driving to operationalize uh, ORAM-based solutions to deliver as well as on customer experience, so performance, capacity, as well as on cost side. And that obviously also includes power consumption as power is a major part of the TCO of radio and, and uh, pushing to get that done as early as possible in, again, a brownfield environment. So, so covering multiple uh, spectrum in different bands, uh, delivering a 4G and 5G solution, but also understanding in Europe what you are going to do with 2G, as this is not going away anytime soon um, in, in this continent, and making sure we, we come up with a package that can be operationalized, meaning also we find solutions how to deal with the additional complexity that simply comes having multiple players uh, with open interfaces and then you have to manage this additional complexity, which not ha has not been visible to us in the past as, as this is typically what you uh, ask your SRAN supplier to deal with as well. Thank you very much. Um... Uh, colleagues, thank you very much for these introductory remarks. And now uh, let's move uh, to the um, questions and answers session. And I would like to hand over uh, to my colleague, Valentina Stadny, who is the, our digital ecosystem expert uh, to run uh, this part of the session. Thank you very much, Yaroslav. Uh, thank you, uh, dear experts, for setting the scene for uh, share and sharing uh, your uh, journeys related to the open run and to the 5G deployment. I would like to explore more in depth the subject, so I will uh, be addressing you questions uh, to get a more in depth uh, uh, answers and get a better understanding of the issues that. Uh, the open run is facing. So I would like to start with Mr. Davusi and uh, ask actually what were the main challenges that Akuren has faced in launching open run and what strategies does Akuren have for the interoperability of open run? Very good questions, Valentina. Thank you. Um, so I would break down the categories of challenges into three areas that we face. Obviously, this journey hasn't been easy and it will not be easy. This is a transformation that the industry is going through and uh, it's not an on or off type of approach. It has to be an evolutionary roadmap, especially for most operators, because over the 1,400 operators around the world, <clears throat> all of them are brownfield and you have to kind of define that roadmap and navigate the path towards your end goal. Um, you're not going to achieve your end goal from day one. But for us as a greenfield, uh, I would say over the last two and a half years, um, initially the challenges were finding the radios, finding ORAN compliant radios or ORAN vendors that would be willing and able to open their SIPRI interface to become um, uh, uh, visible enough for us to either convert CIPRI to eCIPRI or to receive a um, ORAN compliant radios. 
thankfully, we had uh, an ecosystem of partnerships in Japan that allows us to address the needs from a radio unit point of view and antennas point of view because we were poor in spectrum and very very simple in spectrum uh, configuration. We only had two two bands that we needed to address in the 4G, 5G, uh, below sub-6, and millimeter wave at N257, which we partnered with some vendors on. But as I engage with more and more operators around the world, I realize how significant that challenge is. And this is a call for the industry, um, uh, both forums and standards, as well as industry innovators, to come together and stop providing a more compelling alternatives to antennas and radio units. And I think that challenge will continue to, um, to exist for at least for the next two to three years as the adoption of ORAN and the uh, utilization of new technologies, especially on the RUs, become uh, large enough in volume so that you have a large enough supply. That was the first challenge. Um, the second challenge, as you guys know, um, it, you know, we come from a highly complex technology um, architecture and uh, telco in general has a very unique skill set that is required in order for you to design, deploy, and operate the network. And those skill sets of the past were skill sets exactly for what they are designed for, for the past. So as, as you move your workloads onto a software-only virtualized cloud-based uh, infrastructure, you need to upskill and, and mix the capabilities and skill sets in your organization. So um, to us, this was a very clear initiative that we needed to bring together the old generation of RF planners and network designers and uh, uh, performance and optimi uh, optimizing SMEs, but uh, uh, marry that kind of skill set up with the next generation of skill set needed, which is virtualizations, cloud, orchestration, and automation. Um, and uh, it was very clear to us that in order for you to build a 21st century network, you need to build a 21st century organization. Uh, one thing we uh, definitely have learned a lot over the last two and a half decades among uh, the leadership team within, within Rakuten is we did not want to follow the operating model of existing telco operators. We did not want to be hostage to a vendor or vendors. Um, we invested heavily in uh, subject matter expertise and engineering and architecture capabilities. Uh, we don't get led by the vendors. We lead the vendors to the goal and the outcome that we desire. Unfortunately, the industry currently is either stuck in the legacy operating model where every time there is a new technology or a new product, there is a very lengthy process, I would say, quite bureaucratic of tendering and evaluating and trialing and testing. By the time you're done with that, you're two years away from um, where you started. And therefore, uh, we believe this very, uh, the very slow process and operating model doesn't work. Last but not least, it's about the, um, the actual uh, implementation and operation, and most importantly, the automation of network uh, performance, network monitoring, network optimization 
And that to us was clear advantage because when you open the APIs, when you uh, softwareize and move away from proprietary environments and deploy on top of cloud, you leverage all of this goodness that cloud has brought together over the last 12 years. And you'd be able to uh, shrink days into minutes and hours into seconds and have a, an outcome and a performance that is unheard of in a legacy environment. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dabusi. I very much resonate with what you said about the transformation and evolution, but I would uh, like to pick up on uh, two issues that you mentioned, is the issue with vendors and virtualization, and uh, uh, get to Mr. Baker with a question. Um, what is the current status of market uh, evolution or the challenges in softwareization and virtualization of networks from the perspective of the vendor? Yeah, sure. Some you know, good, good questions there. And, um, you know, I think from where we started, you know, four years ago, where the market was essentially constrained amongst three major suppliers, um, you know, we've, we've been lifting the ecosystem from underneath those suppliers, if you like, to, 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 to encourage them to be um, representing themselves and selling their product in the marketplace. And, um, you know, this has cultural issues and business issues associated with it. You know, everybody has sort of been streamlined to um, reselling products through the, the major OEMs, and suddenly, you know, you're saying, okay, now you have the op you know, the opportunity to go and sell to yourselves, so um, or sell, sell, sell by themselves, and, and, and so in that sense, you know, we've been acting as a um, uh, in a cooperative way to, to bring along the technology providers, integrating the new ORAN specifications into those products um, and, and working on testing with them. And, um, you, you know, and this is on a non-exclusive basis. So, you know, the vendors can go and sell the products directly to the, to the carriers or other, uh, other you know, competition. Um, but, um, you, you, you know, and I, and I really talk about competition in the overall market space because it's about, you know, people working together, solving problems, and then opening up the ecosystem for supply. Um, you, you know, as you've seen in the recent press announcements, you know, there's multiple trials, deployments going on around the world, obviously, you know, with, with Rakuten and, and going first in, in the sense of uh, and, and making a big success of their deployment. Um, you know, we've got other major deployments happening. Dish is about to launch, um, you know, major 5G network, you know, which will in the end be over 60,000 cell sites on a, on a nationwide basis. Um, and, and Vodafone in the UK, again, is another one leading. Um, and, and Vodafone actually has open RAN in the network live and carrying commercial traffic um, on a small-scale basis for sites that were deployed. Um, around the G7 summit time last year. So, um, you, you know, we've got activity on, on every continent. You know, we're working with Deutsche Telekom on uh, around town in, uh, in, in, in improving massive MIMO technology. So, you know, you've got all of the radio technology, whether it be sub-6, millimeter wave, all working at, um, uh, on, on a common... Uh, open RAN architecture, uh, and I think um, you know that's great progress in four years. You know, clearly vendors are out selling now to operators and, and planning uh, for large-scale deployments. And uh, you know, and in reality, the selling to operators would, would have been impossible four years ago if it were not for the energy that's gone into the open RAN discussions. And I think you know you capture that on a day-to-day on -day basis. So. Um, you, you know, we're constantly 
um, you know, fighting, if you like, against the, the, the noise that gets created by incumbents and analysts that are trying to protect market share. Um, but, you, you know, and that's going to continue on a daily basis until, um, you know, some of these major deployments are really at scale. But, um, you know, again, I think, you know, we've created an ecosystem for new companies and new vendors. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Baker. Sorry uh, for uh, for stopping you so short, but uh, okay. to make sure that uh, all of us, all of the experts, have a chance to speak, I guess we will need to stick to uh, a certain limits of three minutes uh, interventions that uh, will allow everybody to kind of uh, express their views. And uh, here, I would like to actually. Um, um, build up upon uh, the new specifications that you mentioned and the competition importance and address uh, Mr. Bob's question about what are the current challenges and trends in the compliance to uh, or run specifications. Okay, Th thank you, Valentina. Um, I mean, uh, overrun specification is one additional specification that comes on top of what has already been there. Uh, as I said, uh, we are pretty active uh, for many, many years in, in also testing of uh, radios, G-Node Bs, antennas, and so on. Um, and since a couple of years, we are also a member of the uh, Oran Alliance and actively driving their specifications. Um, if we if we look at it, uh, as said, most of the existing Oran installations are currently greenfield. However, uh, looking a bit into the future, there's a forecast from, from Mobile Expert that uh, by 2025, 86% of the radio units that will be shipped are supposed to be ORAN compliant, which is probably going to be uh, addressing some of the concerns we heard earlier on. But this still means that uh, most of them will probably be uh, single network installations and not a mix and match of various vendors. And that's actually the big uh, challenge here. Um, we are present uh, with our uh, equipment and with partners at various of the plugfests. We are also part of this uh, Berlin um, I-14Y lab that was recently announced by Deutsche Telekom. Uh, so we, we see right now that there is quite a challenge in getting it all to work. And this is starting at very basic things like synchronizing all the different components uh, to get the hardware interfaced and so on. In Oran Alliance, this is focusing pretty much on the interoperability of the various components to make sure that they understand each other, that uh, the intended thing is happening at the end. And we're partnering there uh, with some other companies to extend our setups. Um, on the other hand, uh, looking into the trends, uh, we also have the 3GPP compliance, which uh, still focuses on testing a complete GNOB, a complete base station, the radio and the baseband. And this is supposed to be tested as a whole, uh, which is obviously a challenge if you mix and match things, because if you need to test each and every combination, your testing effort goes simply through the roof. Uh, so there's a strong demand uh, to be able to test and individually qualify the components that are part of an open run network. And that's something we're driving right now in standardization and uh, with our experts. Um, finally, once you have it rolled out, you obviously need to uh, measure the real-life performance in the field, which is not so much different to uh, what we have right now in, in existing um, uh, brownfield installations. We have some things like the network performance score that uh, my colleague Anne uh, introduced on Monday, which makes it a little bit more comparable to have more uh, standardized and ETSI-agreed uh, KPIs, but that is not a ORAN-specific. 
Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pouts. I'm sure Mr. Ramayaki uh, will be able to bring a little bit more clarity and um, more depth uh, to the question of the testing. Uh, Mr. Ramayaki, as one of the um, front runners in 5G deployment in Europe, what has been the most challenging issue and how do you think Open Run will uh, help to solve that issue? Yeah, thank you for the question. question. Um, I think um, a couple of key challenges related to 5G deployment is that, uh, at least in, in Finland, as we are using mainly C-band, uh, the grid is uh, or will be relatively uh, dense. That means uh, in terms of subcontracting cost and, and, and uh, equipment cost, uh, big capex pressure in order to, to, to kind of fulfill the customer needs. needs. And as I told you earlier, that, that we focus on the gigabit availability. That means pretty heavy capacity. And we have this luck to have kind of a full spectrum in, in low-band, mid-band and C-band. So, so uh, in that sense, we are in a very good position. On the other hand, uh, heavy deployments mean heavy power consumption. So, so uh, uh, we, we have to find solutions how to provide same capacity or capacity to our needs more effectively in, in, in terms of, of, um, of uh, power consumption. So, so uh, what we expect to kind of uh, from, from um, open run technology from, from our point of view, one, one key point is that, that could, could this uh, bring, first of all, something to, to kind of um, improvement to this uh, capex uh, performance ratio in terms of capacity pooling or, or, or stuff like that so so this might be one one aspect the 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 other aspect is that that if we are able and we have some some pilots ongoing and, and, and development uh, initiatives ongoing if we are able to to, to design the radio together with, with our, our um, um, partners design the radio uh, based on our customer needs, and, and therefore uh, take something out from the current functionalities that, that the, the, the kind of incumbent vendors are providing. Uh, so we, we might be able to produce the same capacity with lower power consumption, and that could be a great asset asset uh, in the future. Uh, also, also we could kind of um, communicate that in a way that that um, that um, uh, we are we are working against the. the the, the environmental goals, goals as as well. So these are the kind of main main uh, issues that we have been addressing. Of of course, we have this complexity of of either horizontal or vertical integration, uh, disaggregation of of the components, and and, and um, uh, mainly mainly the focus at the, this point of time is is has been on the radio side. So so should, would we be able to to kind of design the radio that would better fit to our needs. Uh, thank you. And uh, the last but not least, uh, Mr. Sizer, um, I would like to ask uh, you, since the Deutsche, Tele Deutsche Telekom has started a trial of cloud-based uh, um, open RAN for 4G and 5G in Berlin, could you share some early findings regarding the test with us? Sure, it's a pleasure. So it's, it's actually not directly in Berlin, but very close. Uh, in a town which is called Neubrandenburg, but we only call it Oran Town. Um, so, so why did we do it? Uh, it was pretty clear to us very early that Oran is so fundamentally different that if we want to do it, 
we don't decide uh, and design that only on paper or only in artificial lab environment. Uh, we, we need to bring it out to, to the real environment, into real networks to, to understand and expose a couple of our teams early on to really know how is it, what's required, where are we good, what, where, where we are not so good, where do we need to focus development, where, where is the market, where is the industry, how ready is it for deployment, that's exactly uh, what, we are, what we are doing in Orantown. So we went in with pretty high ambitions knowing that this is a technology which is still developing so it will be a bumpy ride and it is a bumpy ride but that was expected that's not bad that's exactly what you do if you want to develop new technology so we, we had a couple of successes on our way uh, most notably uh, of course um, end, end of june as our contribution to the virtual nwc when we uh, at least europe first to my knowledge we managed to to uh, integrate Massive MIMO uh, antennas and, and did some, some first calls in the live environment uh, with that technology and developing it at further, looking uh, at asset uh, performance, uh, looking on functionality, um, coming across multiple issues, some of them ex uh, expected sometimes issues in the area where we did not expect, but at the same time, uh, things where we expect troubles went more smoothly. So it's, it's, it's a mixture of, of, of topics. Uh, but bottom line, we, we see uh, development going in a good direction. So, so we improve. Uh, we put a, a lot of KPIs in. As I said, our benchmark is always the network which is deployed, um, which is, is high performing, winning best network tests for multiple years in a row. So this is, is um, I, I dare to say, a pretty, pretty uh, highly optimized network. Um, and that's exactly where we measure that Oran technology um, against. Uh, as said, not, not there yet in a, each and every dimension, but the gap is closing um, as we speak. So, so it's really going uh, in, in, in a good direction. Also, things like power consumption, we see every new technology coming in, helping there, but also seeing struggle upgrading uh, technology generations from one to the other. So it's not always as smooth as you would love it to be. So there more has to be done, this whole topic of acceleration. Um, so we identified a couple of topics to focus on, to work on, and that was exactly the intention uh, which we had with that thing, and we will bring that to the next level. Thank Russ. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, to uh, Since we are running out of time, I would like to address all of you one uh, more question, and I would really look forward to have like up to one minute short answers uh, on it. So what is the disruption potential of Open Run and what new business model could it create? So please, the floor is yours. Can, I can start first, maintaining yes. the tradition of, of the call. Um, I mean, look, there are two things that are uh, in, in a way uh, not directly related. First of all is how do you solve the network build out as you transition from one generation to the other. And whether we're talking about transition to 2.5G, 3G, 4G, 5G now, we continue to have the same debate that's really just a waste of time in the industry where we say, why do I have to build another generation network? What are the use cases? What are the services? We need to stop doing that, really. 
the, the, the benefits that 5G brings is uh, super important to us from all levels, from GDP contribution to national digital infrastructure enablement to social and, and economic benefits and so on. And use cases can vary from one market to the other in so many different ways. So I'd like to park that, but I'd like to focus more on if you have an X dollar budget, Mr. CTO, would you rather spend it on legacy 20? 20th century equipment to serve your 21st century needs? Or do you think it's about time now to benefit from the cost efficiencies and the automation and the future proveness in that network? And I think the answer is clearly yes, I do want to do that. Okay. Do we have a chance to listen for someone else's opinion? Yeah, I think, I think you know, OpenRAN has is, is, is obviously got a, a good market opportunity going forward. I think um, the one thing that we're certainly seeing is, uh, you, you know, with the numbers of companies that are looking to aggressively you know, join the ecosystem, then there's certainly grounds for innovation. And I think, you know, the one area that's sort of been um, held back over the years is new companies developing radio technology, um, you know, with new power transistors, power saving devices, you know, but really focused at green energy type solutions. Um, in the RAN, and I think that that is one focus area where we're seeing, you know, a significant amount of investment going in. Um, and, and the other one is for just the industry to learn, and as I use the term cooperation, um, you know, how to cooperate to solve problems and then compete in the marketplace. And I think that's going to be sort of one of the major challenges as we go forward. Yeah, I can continue uh, from from our point of view. So, so as I said. Um, very interesting topic is first of all who, who's going to provide the radio heads and radio capacity. Uh, uh, for for us uh, currently, we do not have had any that much options. But but now we see antenna vendors moving towards uh, radio radio vendors, and on the other hand, uh, the, the incumbent vendors providing more intelligent radios and so forth. The other aspect is that uh, at least we believe that when we have uh, multiple players providing functionalities to, 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 um, to network, we can leverage potentially, leverage the innovation and we can get more players to be active in the, in the market. The third angle I would raise is, is the, the, the integration of the whole system, starting from the radio, con considering the front hall, integrating DUs, CUs and so forth. So who's going to manage this one? Uh, at least uh, we, as a kind of a small operator, we do not have these capabilities yet. So, so there might be market opportunities also for yeah. for uh, integrators to, to to join this area. So, thank you. Uh, since we are accelerating really quickly uh, and trying to make our best from the session, I would like to challenge you even more and uh, ask for the 30 seconds Twitter-style message on uh, the most urgent measures uh, that should be taken to solve uh, the challenges that you've mentioned? Like, Yeah, I'll, I'll start. So, you, you know, I think it's all about, you know, vendor diversity and, uh, uh, you know, deployment to scale to prove uh, the solutions going forward. Thank you. And from our perspective, it would be the kind of um, uh, understanding the, the, the front hall system that can really, really uh, uh, provide this capability that is needed between radio heads and, and distributed units. That's the most critical part, uh, and, and there we do not see yet uh, uh, um, enough um, development. Yeah, 
I would I would second that to a certain extent. So also proof competitiveness versus today's solution. It has to be better. Plus, show the additional benefit of very high degree of automation being built in from the beginning. Yeah. As as our as our world is front hall and front hall compliance, I'm really happy to hear all that. Um, for me, the most urgent one is really. Uh, a certification regime and a stringent one uh, that's also enforced and 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 used to make sure that the individual components can be certified uh, before putting them all together and trying it all out and uh, yeah and interoperability uh, would just go through the roof. Thank you. Do we have anything left to say? If not, I will uh, be gladly passing the, uh, back the word to Jaroslav to, uh, for the closing remarks. And thank you very much, dear experts, for all of those uh, quick uh, feedbacks and for the uh, actually comprehensive overview of the situation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Valentina, and thank you very much, uh, all panelists, uh, for your uh, contribution. I think we have developed an excellent uh, uh, overview of the challenges and uh, the opportunities in front of the different stakeholders who are also joining uh, during this week uh, the 5G territory uh, to interact uh, and also to look for the business opportunity. And this is something which we were asked at the beginning of the session uh, if we see uh, the potential uh, of the open run and uh, to contribute to accelerated implementation of the 5G uh, in the Europe. And I hope that uh, all of you will agree, uh, while you are all experts working on this, uh, that there is a big potential uh, for this uh, happening. In case somebody would like to uh, still add something, this is the last moment. I will checking if uh, there are any kind of the questions from the uh, chat, but I think that we uh, do not have uh, the uh, time uh, to answer uh, and those um, those questions unless uh, we would get additional time from our um, our masters uh, of the event but I see that uh, we don't uh, so dear ladies and gentlemen thank you very much uh, for this uh, we uh, we are very glad uh, to have this conversation. Uh, and uh, we are looking forward uh, to the uh, next uh, session of the 5G territory. Uh, with this, uh, I'm handing over uh, to the um, uh, moderator of the uh, event uh, for running uh, the introduction of the next session. So thank you very much and greetings from the ITU. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jaroslav. Thank you, Valentina. Thank you very much.